The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. There came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. It filled their hearts with singing. Psalm 84, I'd like to talk to you tonight about passing through the valley of Baca that we find in verse 6, Psalm 84, I'd like to read the first six verses and then we're going to key in tonight on verse 6 and prayerfully give you some principles to live by when all of us pass through the valley of Baca. It says in verse 1 of Psalm 84, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. I pray that would be our heart's desire when Sunday rolls around. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. And then verse 6, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. And we're going to spend our evening there in verse 6 of Psalm 84, but let's ask God's blessing on our time together tonight. Father, again we come to you through your Son Jesus, our Savior, your Son. And Father, we come tonight, I pray, all of us seeking your face, desiring to hear from you. And I pray that your word would go forth with understanding, that it would be received in the appropriate way as led by your spirit, that all of us would make decisions tonight that would be based on the word of God, that would glorify you, that would strengthen our lives, strengthen our families, strengthen the ministry here at Gospel. And again, through all of this, that your son Jesus would be lifted up. For we ask these things in Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Psalm 84 really is a psalm about the need for all of us to worship our God. God created us in that way that we need to adore or worship something or someone and he created us, obviously, for that moment of worship, that object of worship, to be Himself. There was a study done many years ago on brain tissue in living people that would subject themselves to this, but they stimulated the limbic system of the brain. 
And the limbic system of the brain is where our emotions flow through that part of our brain. And when they stimulated that part of the brain without any other stimuli or influence, people consistently reported a sense of God, a sense of a Creator, a sense of someone bigger than, than themselves. And I believe that God has put that in all of us, and, and all of us are seeking for that, that God, who is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, to worship Him, to adore Him, as we've been studying, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that we would worship and adore God, not because He's done things for us, but just because of who God is, His character. And Psalm 84 is talking about worshiping God or having communion with God. And this is something that can be done not just on Sundays, although the day itself facilitates us worshiping God, coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ, singing songs of God, hearing people do specials, playing instruments, all of it to uh, facilitate a sense of worship, and then obviously sitting around the Word of God when it is taught and preached, uh, just helps us worship our God, adore Him for who He is, but we should be worshiping God, having communion with God every day of the week. Having time set aside in your day where you spend that time with God, adoring Him. And even now as we listen to the thunder and you can see the lightning go, how that God has orchestrated all of that. It just didn't happen. It just didn't fall into place. But God orchestrated all of this. He created all of this. It all comes together. It all works together like a fine machine. And even in that, as we look at a thunderstorm, as we look at nature itself, we can see the handiwork of God and have a time of worshiping God or communing with God. Not that God is nature, but nature is a work of God. And we can worship our God because of what we see. And we see in the first five verses of Psalm 84, uh, men and women that have a desire to be in the house of God. And I pray, as I've already made mention as I read the scripture, that all of us have a foundational desire to be in the house of God. I know that the flesh is going to rear its ugly head on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and on Wednesday nights. The devil is going to oppose us at every angle because he knows the importance of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It is it's so vitally important that we come together corporately as brothers and sisters in Christ and sing together and hear the Word of God proclaimed. It's of vital importance. And these men and women in Psalm 84 have this desire to be in the house of God, to surround themselves with the people of God, with the songs of God, with the Word of God. And you see there in verse 4 that blessed are they that dwell in the house, They'll, they will be still praising thee. These are people that have a, a, a foundational desire to be in the house of God, to be around God's people. They're praising God for all of the wonderful things God has done. And when all of us look and see at all the wonderful things God has done, that is only the conscious things that we're aware of. 
There are things that God has done on my behalf and on your behalf that are wonderful and marvelous that we're not even aware of. And so we should be praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, coming to church, praising the Lord throughout our lives. And then it goes on in verse 5, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. So not only someone desiring to be uh, worshiping God, desiring to be in the house of God, praising God, but they find their strength to go day by day in God. Now this is a wonderful way to exist as a child of God. Wanting to worship our God on a regular basis. Wanting to be in the house of God on a regular basis. Praising God uh, on a daily basis. And finding the strength that we need to live the Christian life. Finding that strength in God. That's a wonderful place to be. It's a good place for a child of God. But even when we, I'll say it like this, when everything is clicking together, when we are hitting all cylinders, a valley of Baca can come into our lives. Because it says in verse 6, these are the people he's talking about now. They're worshiping God. They want to be in the house of God. They're praising God. They're finding their strength and life in God. These are the people of, it says, who, that is the people they're talking about, who, passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools, and the valley of Baca is a valley of tears, uh, or a valley of weeping, or a valley of sorrows. And many of us have lived illustrations, uh, and there are many here that could give an illustration how things were going well, you were worshiping God, you were praising God, you were faithful in attendance to the house of God, you were uh, finding your strength to live day by day in the Christian life from God, and then a valley of tears, a valley of sorrows, a valley of weeping entered into your life, and you just didn't understand. But even when we go through these valleys of weeping and tears and sorrow, we can still, as it says, make it a well, demonstrating that we can draw from those circumstances, draw from those situations of sorrow, of tears, and of weeping. And it also says the rain filling the pools giving the essence that these are valleys, these are situations that we can have nutrition from, we can feed from these times as we look back upon them. And my friends, sometimes things can be going well, and then, as we would call it, an untimely death occurs. Pastor said, preach like it's the last time you're preaching. I said, well, do you know something I don't know? So I testify to you tonight, if this is my last time, may you know that my heart's passion is Christ. I love medicine, but it doesn't compare to the love I have for Christ. It doesn't compare to the love I have for the Word of God and the study of the Word of God and the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. I... I have a passion for this book. I, I want to bleed 
uh, the Bible. I want to bleed Jesus Christ. Just in case. I'll do my own, start my own eulogy. But, uh, and just Linda, spend the money well. Uh, but I want to spend some time looking at this Valley of Baca. That how do we make the most of these times when we go through it? And I want to give you three simple thoughts that I had as we go through who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. Number one, I want us to realize that each day is a gift from God to us. Each day is a gift from God to us. God in His design has packaged our lives in what we call days. And we should not take any day lightly. Not any day. Because every day is a gift from God to us. Think of what a day means when we look at it as if it's a gift from God Almighty, our Creator. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 90, verse 12, I believe it is, So teach me to number our days, because they are limited. Because at the end of life, the majority of us are going to want to retrieve the days we have wasted, but we are not going to be able to retrieve those days. We must make the most of each day now. And it's so easy to become casual about it. It's so easy to back off and diminish the intensity of what I'm talking about. Because everything is going relatively well. We're worshiping God, praising God, going to church, finding strength in God for our daily walk. But at the end of our life, if we have the opportunity to survey our life when we do pass away, I'm assuming many are going to have days that they wish they could have had back that they could have given to God. I believe I've mentioned to you this before. During my internship and residency, which was finishing college and then going to med school, and then I had the awesome opportunity of a one-year internship, uh, and then three, three uh, and a half years of residency. And during that time of internship and residency, 95% uh, of that was spent in the hospital, on the floors, in the intensive care unit, critical care units, whatever the name you want to throw at it. That's where I spent the majority of my time as an internal medicine resident. And I've been at the bedside I, I can't tell you how many people that I've been at the bedside when they passed. Many of them I was actively engaged in trying not to let them pass. But when God wants you to pass, no matter how good your doctor is and your nurses are or the hospital is, they're not going to bring you back. But I can tell you this, I have been at the bedside of many children of God and I can testify that their death is different than a lost, generally speaking. Now, being at the bedside of many children of God when they died, I can also testify to this fact, that they wish they could have had some days back. 
I've had many say, because many of them went to my father's church that I took care of, and then there was other churches in the area that uh, I took care of these individuals because they wanted to have a Christian doctor, and they would tell me, Dr. Crabb, I wish I would have read my Bible more. I wish I would have read my Bible through. I wish I would have prayed more. I wish I would have gone to church more, not work more. I wish I would have gone to church more. I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have given more of myself to the ministry of Jesus Christ. I wish I would have given more of my finances to the ministry of Jesus Christ. I've heard that many times. I've never heard someone say, and I've been practicing 25 years. I've never heard someone say, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have been away from my family more. I may have heard that once, but I, but uh, depending on the family situation. But I've never heard anyone say those things. But I've, I can tell you many times I have heard people say, I wish I would have given my life to God earlier. I wish I would have been more intense in my, my life for Christ. And may we realize tonight that when things are going well, we're worshiping God, praising God, going to church, finding our strength in God, and a valley of tears and sorrows comes upon us, may we, we remember that even though we entitle it good days and bad days, every day is a gift from God to us. And we should live every day, every moment walking with God. Every day, every moment walking with God. Every day in prayer. Every day in Bible reading. Every day in Bible meditation, every day witnessing for the cause of Christ, every day walking with Christ. And there's many people, and there might be some here tonight, that you could be living a more pleasant life, but you're holding on to something in the past that happened one day, and it's bringing sorrow to every other day of life. It's robbing you of what God wants you to have today. Now there are things, because you need I need to qualify this, because there are things that transpire in a life that changes us. That affects us from that moment until we go to heaven. But I'm talking tonight about things in life that can be resolved through reconciliation with Jesus Christ, sins of the past, mistakes of the past, stupid things that we've done or said in the past, that we can get right with God so that it does not have to constantly rob us of the joy of the present. Realizing each day is a gift from God to us. And so the best way to change your past is to change now. Because in a few minutes, my now is going to be my past. So how do I change my past? I change now. And so now, tonight, may we realize, uh, as we may be walking through a valley of Baca, a time of sorrow, weeping and tears, that even those days are a gift from God to us, and that we may live an intense Christian life, walking with Christ in the Bible, in prayer, meditation, and in the house of God. 
Secondly, tonight, not only do I want us to remember that each day is a gift from God to us and, and to live and to live like that, but secondly, God gives us what we need for every day. In Psalm 23, verse 6, most of you know Psalm 23. It's another very familiar part of the Bible. But in verse 6, it says, Surely, not a person, but surely, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And that is all we need each day, is God's goodness and mercy upon us. And so when life is getting rough, uh, when life is getting difficult, when you're walking through a valley of tears and sorrow and weeping, even though you're worshiping God, praising God, being faithful to God, finding your strength in God, but it's just your time in life to be walking through a valley of God, remember that God will give us what we need for every day. And just look behind you because it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, just in your mind's eye, take a look behind you and see God's goodness and God's mercy because it is there for you. Regardless of our current circumstances, regardless of the situation that we may find ourselves in, God is going to give us what we need for that day. And He'll give us what we need physically, emotionally, and spiritually. God will never not give us what we need. God will sustain us in what we call the good days and the bad days. The days that things are going wonderfully well, as we would consider, and then in the time of the valley of Becca, the time of sorrow, weeping, and tears, all that we need, God will give us and even though we emotionally, spiritually, and physically don't think we can take another step because it's just going to be impossible, God will sustain us. God will give us the strength spiritually, emotionally, and physically to literally take that next step for Him. God will give us what we need. That's why as we're again studying Matthew 6, 9-13, through 13, Jesus gives us our spiritual needs. He gives us what we need emotionally. And He gives us our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. He will give us what we need. He will give us what we need to get through that day, no matter what may be transpiring, no matter what the circumstances. And so remember that each day is a gift from God to us. And live like it in as the circumstances allow enjoy it enjoy this time that we have on earth this side of heaven that because we're living by faith it'll be different the other side of eternity and so this side of eternity let's show God that we realize that every day is a gift from Him to us, and that we are going to live by faith. And we're going to enjoy it as much as we can. We're going to live by faith as much as we can. Because we are confident that, secondly, God is going to give us everything we need to sustain us for that day. Regardless if it's the good days or the not-so-good days. Thirdly, 
realize that God is greater than anything we face any day. God is greater than anything we face any day. In Matthew chapter 6, being part of the Sermon on the Mount, there are so many rich statements that God makes, Jesus makes. But He makes one and He says to His disciples, to those that were listening to Him, consider the lilies. And if we were to consider the lilies tonight, how much more peaceful our lives would be if we stopped and considered the lilies. Because stopping to consider the lilies is to witness God's care. And we would have much more peace if we would stop and consider a flower. What does that flower do? For those that enjoy botany, you've probably done this experiment. We did this back in junior high and high school where you have a plant or a flower and you'll have it at a window and you know that that flower will face the sun. And what you do is you take the flower, it's facing the sun, and you turn it to where it's facing away from the sun. And if you give that flower enough time it will move so that it faces the sun. Because the sun is the source of its energy called photosynthesis. Because without the sunlight, it'll die. And so that flower will constantly rearrange its location so that it may maximize the influence of the sun on its life. Consider the lilies. May we, on a daily basis, rearrange our location so that we are constantly facing the sun, constantly in touch and communion with the Son of God, not the literal sun, but the Son of God. So that we may derive our nutrition, our source of energy, all that we need from our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because no matter, we can say this definitively, this is black and white, this is, this is just split right down the middle of the matter. God is greater than anything we face any day. No matter how distasteful it might be to us, no matter how hard or objectionable it might be to us, our God is greater than what we're facing that day. You know, God also went on to say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, a little further down, He said, and let me just read it for you, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. My friend, there's enough to deal with each day. We do not need to borrow trouble from tomorrow. Today, the evil that we must face today, the wickedness in this world, 
the evil in this world that will oppose us as children of God, we need to have our 100% focus on that, not worrying about how we're going to do it tomorrow. But take care of tomorrow when tomorrow comes. But take care of today. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Because we can ruin today thinking about all we must deal with tomorrow. I fight this on weekends sometimes, especially as Sunday rolls around. And as Sunday comes to a conclusion, my mind will automatically go to my Monday. I don't know if you have that or not. And if I allow that thought process to take over in my life, it will suck the joy out of my life. Not that I hate my job, but just knowing what the stress you're going to deal with, and it can actually rob you of the blessing of today, and it can rob you from the blessing of a sermon on Sunday night, rob you from the encouragement of fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ on a Sunday night, God says tomorrow will take care of itself. Let's be concerned about right now, right today, realizing that every day is a gift from God to us, that God will give us what we need to get through the day, and that our God is greater than anything we'll face. Today, our God is greater. We will face nothing in a day that's greater than our God. I also like to put it that everything, everything, everything is less than our God. God's bigger than today, and He's bigger than tomorrow. And may I say, He's bigger than your past. Because many might be dealing with with a past that's robbing you of future joy. God's bigger than that. And God can help you through that. He can give you what you need to bury the past. We can't forget it. It's a part of us. And to an extent, we need to remember some things so that it may motivate us for future things for God. But don't allow that Pass to rob you of joy today and joy tomorrow. And so realize, my friends, as we worship God, as we praise God, as we go to church faithfully, as we find our strength of living for God in Him, please remember, each day is a gift from God to us. So the re not starting tomorrow, but starting this evening. Live life wholly unto God. I was talking to the younger men and women of our church and bus ministry today during the morning services. And I spoke on when the... <clears throat> Israelites had to cross the Jordan River. And the Jordan River was swollen over. It was flood stage. But they had to get across so that they could conquer Jericho. And then go on and possess the land, the promised land. God told Joshua he's going to part the rivers of Jordan. However, 
he did not part the waters until the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant put their feet in the water. Then he parted the Jordan River. And I told those young kids this morning, it's, I said, you're old enough to get your feet wet for God. And so do we tonight. It's time to get our feet wet. Step in that water. God's waiting for that first step. And then when you take that first step and you get your feet wet, that's walking by faith. God will open the door. God will spread the waters in front of you, whatever it might be, so that you can have a deliberate path across so that you can go on and conquer things that need to be conquered in your life. Remember that each day is a gift from God to us. Tonight, get your feet wet. Start the process of living by faith and find security because so many people lack security today in our world and I, to an extent, understand why. But have the security in our lives that God gives us what we need for every day. That's why find yourself in this book every day. Find yourself at the throne of God every day in prayer and meditation on the things of God. Because God will give you what you need. And then lastly, remember that God is greater than anything we face any day. No matter what the giant, no matter what the valley, no matter what the problem, no matter what the circumstance or situation, it's smaller than our God. It's weaker than our God. Our God is bigger than all of that. Pastor has made illustration when we were young. We would say if you're going to get into a fight, and I never fought as a young kid, obviously. But uh, if you believe that, I got some land to sell you too. But uh, that used to be a pastime. But we would say, as Pastor would use the illustration, well, my dad can beat yours. I said that several times to people. But when it comes to the spiritual sense, my dad can whip anybody. And that is not an overstatement. God's greater than anything we face any day. So, depending on where you might be tonight in your spiritual walk, things might be going well as we would consider it. There could be a valley of Baca soon ahead. Some of you right now are in that valley of sorrow and tears and in weeping. But remember that every day is a gift from God. Live it for God. Realize He'll give you what you need. And please realize tonight, church family, our God is bigger and greater than anything we'll face any day. Please think on these things. Live these principles and see God bless in your life. Let's have a prayer time. Father, I thank you for this time again. I pray that these words did fall upon understanding ears. And Father, it's the prayer of this church that if there be a man, a woman, a child, a young person that has never accepted Jesus as Savior, that tonight... They would realize their sinful condition, their need of a Savior, and that they would turn to you tonight to be their Savior. 
And Father, for your children, you know where each one of us resides spiritually at this moment. Father, may we constantly, consistently worship and praise you and adore you. Help us be faithful to the services. Help us find our strength in you. And, and Father, help us live each day wholeheartedly for you, knowing that you'll supply our needs and that no matter what we might face, you're bigger than what we're going to face. I pray that your children tonight will find comfort and solace in Psalm 84. Father, work in hearts, for that is your territory. Work in hearts tonight where only you can work. Move in people's lives tonight. I pray that some people tonight that are dealing with a past that they can't have victory over, that tonight they might find themselves at an old-fashioned altar giving their past over to you and, Father, claiming the victory and the joy of living for you right now in the present. Whatever it is, Father, work in your children's heart tonight. May your will be done and may your Son be glorified in our lives. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Okay.